the the point here is is that it doesn't matter how long you've been reselling, things change. So paying attention to you know what can ship first class. This is the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Ashley. Together, we have been making money online collectively for over 10 years. Our mission is to help you start, learn, and grow a reselling business and to inspire you to turn your paycheck into a daycheck. The world is changing and we want to help you change with it. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be sharing some really big shipping mistakes. Some of them we've made and then others are from people that are other resellers. They're the mistakes that they made. So this is a really good episode, especially for anyone who is intimidated to ship items. I know a lot of people that sell on eBay when they first start. That's one of the hardest things to learn is everything you need to know about shipping and it can be very intimidating. So hopefully our mistakes will help you not make mistakes. All right. So I think the first one, it's definitely something I did when I first started selling on eBay. I sold this dish set. There were a bunch of plates and smaller plates and coffee cups. And I put them all in a big box and I shipped them from Arizona to New Jersey. And I thought I did a fantastic job packing it until I got a message from the buyer who was very upset, rightfully so. And there was a picture, everything arrived broken. There was not one thing that arrived safely. So I think the biggest mistake I've made is not knowing how to package fragile items or even just use enough packing supplies in general. So that's one thing, especially if you're going to be shipping fragile items, make sure you over pack them. Make sure the walls of the box are padded, that you have enough bubble wrap, that when you pick up the box and shake it, it you can't feel anything move inside. That's also very important. That's what I do now is I will pack the box up, shake it, and if I can feel it move inside, then I don't have enough packing supplies in there. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I think especially if you come from selling clothing where you can kind of like throw it in a clear bag and throw it into a poly mailer and send it off, it doesn't need a ton of extra protection. There might be a little bit of a learning curve to learn how to package some of these more fragile items, more delicate items. You know, when I switched, well, I didn't necessarily switch, but when I went from the bulk of my selling being clothing on Poshmark to selling a little bit of everything on eBay, especially with toys and stuff like that, a lot of them are in boxes or whatnot, but some of them aren't. And some of like those little plastic pieces can get lost or broken off or whatever. So just taking the time and yeah, wrapping the the fragile items a little more carefully than um, than just clothing is definitely going to be uh, a good thing. When you're shipping things like fragile items, you're probably going to be using a bigger box. Clothing mm-hmm. is just so much easier. I mean. You use a poly mailer. It's a very universal size, usually like what, nine by 12 or 10 by 13. And so that's so simple to just throw the clothing in a poly mailer. You know, it's going to be usually under one pound. It's going to go first class. But with some of these fragile items or bigger items, you are going to definitely use a bigger box, which means it's going to, when you enter in the information, you're going to go from one size tier to another. 
So another mistake people make is not charging enough for these larger items when it comes to charging shipping. So now with bigger items, we might charge $25, $40. Okay, I had to look up this item that we just sold this week, but it's an antique Atwater Kent Type E speaker with tube radio and bread box. It was something that we acquired from a woman. We went over and took a bunch of stuff from her place that she didn't want anymore. And it was her husband's. He was big into radio. And this thing was massive. And when we sold it, the buyer actually messaged us and wanted both of them into two separate boxes. We had to pay for each box. The speaker had to be wrapped a certain way. We used really big boxes. So luckily, we had charged $40 for shipping and it went to California, so it didn't go that far. And that $40 definitely covered the shipping. But had we not charged for the shipping with that larger item, we probably would have been out money. All right. So the next mistake that we have here is when people, typically newer sellers, use the free USPS priority boxes to ship an item first class. Some people will use those free products as packing material or um, when they're shipping items via like other services like UPS or FedEx or something like that. They're free products that the post office provides, the boxes, the bubble mailers, the flat rates, all that stuff is for specific use. It's not for first class and it's not to be used as packing material. You can actually get in a considerable amount of trouble for misusing post office stuff, but it's definitely a big mistake and your item could be returned to you. It could be reported. Yeah. I've seen a lot of other reseller groups where somebody has bought something on a platform. You don't know if when you're shipping an item, who it's going to, it could be going to another reseller who knows better. And these free boxes, they say very clear on them. They are only for, if it's a priority box, it's only for the post office priority. If it's a medium flat rate box, it's only to be used when you pay for the medium flat rate box. So just don't make that mistake and use those for services that they're not intended to use be used for. All right. So on eBay, one of the nice things that you can do, I don't know if you, if you do this, Ashley, but you can where you can set different shipping policies. We do that, but definitely charging for those policies. So an example would be like, if we're listing a clothing item and we go to choose the shipping option, we know that we're probably gonna choose first class because nine times out of 10, the clothing item is gonna be under a pound. It's going to go first class, we're gonna choose that. But because we're shipping a lot of larger things, like the example I used earlier, we are going to choose a policy that is a standard shipping. So it could be UPS ground or FedEx ground. And that we would then set to charge the buyer. Where we went wrong in the beginning, we just never had policies for specific items. And that will come with just experience and shipping different size items. You'll get an idea of how much something's going to cost. We are not perfect with it, but we're definitely a lot better than what we used to be. So we know when something's four or five pounds that it's not going to ship via the post office because that's going to be way too expensive. We're going to choose a policy for that particular item that is more fit to the size of it. So similar to eBay, how you can set shipping policies on Amazon, you can actually create shipping templates. And a lot of sellers that sell on Amazon do fulfill 
by merchant, meaning that they ship the items themselves. So this was actually an example of a shipping mistake from somebody on Twitter. And they made the mistake of not having a shipping template. They only, they should have made a template for only the lower 48 ground because they were selling pools. And this was a couple of years ago during the big pool craze where everybody was trying to resell pools. Well, they didn't know that they had the shipping set to sell to like Puerto Rico, Hawaii. So they actually had a sale to Puerto Rico. And because they didn't have the template set to only apply to the lower 48, they lost money because it was so expensive at the time to ship to Puerto Rico. And that's kind of what happened to us too with eBay. I didn't have the business policies or the shipping policy set. And we had a scooter and we sold it to somebody in Puerto Rico. So with the shipping policies on eBay, you can actually exclude certain areas. So that is definitely a big mistake that people make is with the bigger, heavier items, you should exclude some parts of the country, unfortunately, because otherwise it's going to be way too much to ship. Yeah, definitely something that you need to pay attention to for sure. Another one that especially newer sellers might not be aware of is that you can't ship an item in a box that has like alcohol branded anything on the outside of it. So a lot of sellers get free supplies from various sources. I do as well. I get a lot of my boxes from parts departments from in like car dealerships. Um, they're just nice, heavier duty boxes. And we all know that the boxes that alcohol is shipped in are nice and heavy duty as well. But unfortunately you cannot use those to ship through the post office. And you know how we found that out? How? When we were shipping one day, Casey did not pay attention to the outside of the box. And we had a post office pickup and there was one box left there. And we're like, why did they leave that one box? It's because it had a liqueur on it. And that was when we learned that you cannot ship anything that has anything, you know, tobacco, alcohol related. Just don't use those boxes. And here's another mistake that we have made. Man, we have made so many mistakes. So hopefully if you're listening that you are going to learn from our mistakes and not make them. But this one I have done, I shipped the wrong item to the wrong buyer. So another thing that can contribute to that is not having an organized inventory system. So maybe you don't have an inventory system at all and you just have inventory kind of everywhere. By having a good inventory system, maybe you put things in different numbered boxes. Maybe you have box one, two, three, four, five. And within there, you pre-put your clothing in poly mailers and then number those as well. But when you're doing that too, always don't assume that what you sold is in that poly mailer. And that was the mistake I made. I switched the poly bags and didn't realize it and Now what I do is if I'm pulling a bunch of clothing items and I have a bunch of poly mailers, I'll weigh them and I'll actually write on the outside what the item is inside. So I don't ever make that mistake. Luckily, the buyers were really nice. They shipped them back to me because you have to do that. Because if you have the buyers shipped to each other, then they can say they didn't receive the item. So you actually have the item shipped back to you and then you have to reship it to the correct buyer. And unfortunately, when I did that, it was for a a little boy and it was a Marvel superhero button down shirt and they were going on vacation. 
Oh. And they were probably going to like Disney World or Universal Studios. And I felt awful, but that buyer was so nice to me. I just ended up refunding her and she found the same shirt somewhere else that could get to her in time. But don't make that mistake. Be really careful with what you're putting in poly mailers and don't send the wrong item to the wrong buyer. Yes. A mistake that I made recently that's sort of similar to this. It was just me not paying attention. I have a decent amount of multi-quantity listings, like refillable inventory on eBay that's listed currently. And I didn't realize that a, one customer purchased two of the same product. Um, I don't know how the heck I missed that, to be honest with you, because the sale price should have reflected that and triggered something in my brain, but it did not. So I shipped her one and she got it, you know, quickly. And she sends me a message and she's like, what the heck? I bought two. There was only one in the, in the bag. I'm like, oh gosh. So I went back and confirmed I'm like, yep, it was just me not paying attention. Just kind of like, you know, floating through my shipping that day. So it's easy to get like kind of distracted while you're shipping. A lot of people will play a YouTube video, play a podcast, watch something on Netflix. And that's fine. If you're, you know, you need some background noise or whatever, just make sure that you're actively paying attention. Um, and that, you know, if I had done that, that would have saved me, a, you know, a decent amount of money because I had to ship the item to her separately. So I, I paid for the shipping, of course. So just, you know, paying attention, double checking, triple checking invoices, orders, that kind of thing. And what you're putting in those, in those packages, it's going to be very helpful. <laughs> Which platform was that on that you sold that? eBay. So on, I was going to say, I hope it's not eBay, Ashley, because when you go to the order, it actually has like a number on there. Oh, yeah. Yep. It so does. you totally missed that part. It, yes. I just didn't even see it. I wasn't paying attention. Usually, you know, like I said, I sell multi-quantity things all the time, but it just, for some reason that day, did not register. Well, the good thing with making these mistakes is I bet you don't make that ever again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Another mistake we have is not taking advantage of signature confirmation and insurance on higher priced items. We rarely use this because a lot of our items aren't higher price point. But an example for this would be during the holidays when those Nintendo, were they Nintendo DS? Was that the latest ones? Of. I'm not sure what the latest ones were, but yeah, like every year, you know, um, PlayStation, uh, Nintendo's, there's always some hot gaming thing going on. I remember what it was. It's the Nintendo Switch. So we sold it for like $350 or $400. That item, you better believe, we definitely had insurance on and signature confirmation because a lot of people during the holidays get scammed. So what if the buyer says, I didn't receive it, and then you have to deal with dealing with that mess. So it's better with the higher price point items. It's gonna cost you a little bit more, but to have that peace of mind that that person has to sign for that high dollar item, it will definitely help you out in the end because then they're not going to try to scam you. 
not only do the scammers kind of come out in full force around the holiday season, like starting, you know, now, um, but porch pirates do also like people that are just looking to score some free stuff. So you just don't know. So it's just easier and better to protect your, your sale with the signature confirmation and the insurance. So this is definitely something that I've made the mistake of doing as well. I use pirate ship all the time, uh, stamps.com, these other shipping services, they get you cheaper shipping, especially on larger items, but it'll generate the tracking number for you, which is great. But then you also, you have to go back into eBay and like fulfill the shipping requirement by pasting, like you copy the tracking number from pirate ship and then you paste it into the tracking spot on eBay. So your buyer knows that you actually shipped their item. And I've done this like two times in the last six months where I've forgotten to go from pirate ship back to eBay and paste the tracking number in there. And then I'll see it like later in the day that I still have a notification on my eBay app that I have an item to ship. I'm like, oh, well, when did, like, I didn't hear the cha-ching. When did someone buy something? But it's the thing that I had already shipped hours ago, just sitting there like, oh crap, I have to go in and put the tracking number in. So definitely make sure that you're paying. A lot of this, I feel like revolves around me not paying attention, but (laughs) I'm sure there's other people out there that are a little like distracted as well. Um, Just, you know, make sure you're paying attention, keep your systems in check and just make sure that everything is fulfilled the way it's supposed to be. So then you don't get like a late shipping, like ding on your account. Here's something that I always, right before Q4 for the holidays, I always post something on social media. Now is the time to order shipping supplies. Biggest mistake you can make is not having enough shipping supplies on hand. And definitely during the holidays, make sure you're not just ordering the same supplies. Try to find different size boxes because you never know when you're going to need a certain size box. We sold 40 wooden tennis rackets and I was like, what are we going to ship these in? And luckily Casey was helping a friend move and he had a big cardboard box that he had cornhole boards in. So we actually, he took it and he's like, we might need it down the road. I'm like, what are we ever going to put in there? Like, what do we have to sell that would fit in that box? And sure enough, all 40 tennis rackets fit in that box. So definitely keep shipping supplies on hand. You never know when you're going to need them. And too much is actually a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah. You don't want to be the person running around Walmart or Home Depot frantically looking for a box or a bubble wrap or whatever and overpaying for it at those places, mind you as well. Um, You know, like a couple of days before Christmas, like no one wants to do that. No one wants to take time out of their day to do that. So just make sure you're prepared with the shipping supplies. And um, nine times out of 10, you can get shipping supplies for free. So check Facebook marketplace, offer up, maybe somebody's moving. They've got a bunch of moving boxes and, you know, packing supplies. You never know what people will post or tell your friends and family. It's around the holidays. They're getting Amazon orders every single day. So ask them to donate their boxes to you. And that's what we do. My sister usually saves her boxes. Our neighbor next door knows we sell. So she'll toss over some empty Amazon boxes to us. And it just really helps us keep shipping supplies stocked. So our next mistake comes from one of the biggest resellers in the community, actually. So if he made this mistake, 
it's definitely something worth paying attention to. So it comes from Reezy Resells, and he says that he purchased a pallet of discounted aerosol hazmat spray cans. And now this was a while back, of course. He then realized that those items had to be shipped by ground, which completely ruined his profit margin. He said at that point he had never shipped these things before. He didn't have experience with like hazmat items. Keeping in mind when you find a great deal on something, it might be a great deal, but you also need to have a plan in place of how you're going to ship those things. And Liz and I actually did a little bit of research before the show about something that we didn't even know. And the the point here is, is that it doesn't matter how long you've been reselling, things change. So paying attention to, you know, what can ship first class, what has to ship ground, the different classes of the items, that kind of thing. It's, it's a mistake that is easy to make. So just making sure that you're up and up on the information is very important. Definitely take the time to go through like the postal service website, read through those different classes because you need to learn like what's a, like you said, what's allowed, but even like how they work, like first mm-hmm. class under a pound. So it has to be anything under 16 ounces can ship first class media mail. Like what qualifies for media mail? What can you ship? I mean, obviously like educational books, that was kind of the whole purpose of media mail. And I do have a story about that after this point, but also knowing like what is included, like priority, you get insurance with it. So if you have a priority package that is lost, you can file a missing mail claim. Mm -hmm. But one of the things, one of the mistakes Casey and I made is we were selling a lot of rollerblades this summer and we were choosing the postal service parcel select because it was the cheapest. And we were like, well, why haven't we been using that in the past? And then we shipped it to a buyer. The buyer refused it. So it came back to us and we went to go pick up the item from our PO box. And we had a letter in there to go to the clerk. We get up there and they're like, yeah, you need to pay to get it back. And I'm like, what do you mean we have to pay to get it back? He's like, yeah, that'll be $17. Cause obviously we didn't get our eBay discount. And he's like, yeah, with the parcel select, it's only one way. So if it comes back to you, you have to pay to get it back. So that was a big mistake we made. And then we were like, well, we'll just pay a couple dollars more instead of parcel select. Now we'll do UPS ground or FedEx home delivery where they might be a little bit more, but at least we are paying for it to get returned to us if it needs to get returned. So that was one thing that we didn't realize. And then a second mistake we made, which kind of is a mistake, kind of isn't. So when you're selling books, a lot of people use media mail because it is way cheaper. So we sold a lot of, I believe it was 12 or 13 books and they were, I put them in a box, I shipped them to the buyer and that box uh, didn't arrive to the buyer. But what we got in return, literally the post office cut around the label and also cut part of the the box, put it in a bag and ship that back to us. And so what they were doing was telling us that the box was so damaged that it couldn't arrive to the buyer. And it had like a little warning on it. Like, we're so sorry for this. It's our, you know, we try to ship everything and have it arrive, blah, blah, blah. Like their little, you know, disclaimer. And I went to go file a claim. Well, you can't file a claim for media mail. So we were out and it was a $45 book sale. So had I known you don't have insurance or anything with media mail, 
I might have chosen to ship them maybe in a poly mailer and paid a couple dollars extra for shipping because it still was like $6 media mail. And all those books probably would have fit in a poly mailer because they weren't that big. So that was a big mistake that we made. So now we're like really hesitant when we're shipping books to even use media mail. Yeah. And I think along the same lines with media mail, there's a lot of misinformation out there also in different um, like reseller subsections of the community, Facebook groups, stuff like that. A lot of people will tell you like, oh, just ship it media mail. Well, it actually doesn't fall under the approved items that you can use for media mail. So just because someone is telling you that it's, hey, it's okay, you can ship it media mail or first class or whatever the heck, don't just take their word for it. It is your responsibility to know the rules for yourself. It's your responsibility to do the research and know what is right and what is not because you're ultimately in charge of your own business. All right. So the next mistake we have for you guys is when you extend your handling time, maybe you're going on vacation or for the holidays or whatever the reason is, just remember to put it back to whatever it was before you extended it. And then also don't forget that you changed it back. So a couple of years ago, I was out at my parents' house around Christmas time and I was there for like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine days, something like that. I don't put my eBay store like on vacation necessarily. I'll just extend my handling time out like to 10 days or whatever. And that gives me plenty of time. And if someone purchased something, purchases something on, you know, within the first few days, I just send them a message, make sure that they're cool with it and let them know that I'll be shipping it out on whatever the date is that I'll ship it out on. However, when I got back, I changed it back to my like one day handling time and somehow forgot that I did that and realized it like the last minute that I was going to have a late shipment notification if I didn't ship this item out like right away. So just don't forget like what you do again, going back to me, not paying attention enough, but just remembering what you've changed handling time-wise. You just want to make sure that you're paying attention and shipping within the timeline that you tell your customers you're going to ship it within. Yeah. And especially on eBay, you can go into your orders and see when it needs to ship by. So if you are working full-time and doing reselling on the side, just make sure that you're making it a point to go into your orders, make sure you don't have anything that needs shipped out. But if you do make that mistake and you realize needs to ship by midnight tonight, the postal service does have self kiosks at certain locations. So if you do have to get it in, what we've done is we have gone to the post office. There's one by our place that has the self-serving kiosk in a night drop. So we'll go and we'll scan it in and then do it in the night drop. And then that won't be late. All right. So the last thing, the last mistake we have for you with a platform like eBay, they do offer the global shipping program, but also you can choose to ship internationally. So really a lot of resellers want to have every opportunity to sell their items. They want to have it available to as many people and buyers as possible. However, a lot of resellers don't truly understand the international shipping laws and rules. And before we started the episode, Ashley was sharing with me how Germany now has a bunch of new shipping acts, packaging acts, where you actually have to pay a yearly fee to be able to ship certain items there, correct? 
Yeah. So the way that I understand it is there's two different fees. It's like 39 euros a year for one. And I forget what the other one is, but there's like a license and something else. So this is relatively new within the last, I think like six months or so. Um, but it's because they're trying to crack down on wasted materials and like recycling and stuff like that. So there is a lot to the new regulation as far as being able to ship items to Germany. And if you're going to have that country as an item that you ship to as an eBay seller, you would need to um, apply for this. I believe it's called Lucid and I think it's an acronym for something. So L-U-C-I-D. Um, but you'd have to pay for that in order to be able to ship to Germany. And you would also need to kind of give them an idea of how much you would be shipping to that country as well as your packaging supplies and what kind of items and that sort of thing. So it's really, really detailed. There's a ton of information online about it. If you're not aware um, but just making sure that you are paying attention to stuff like that. A lot of buyers also, I don't believe eBay will allow you to ship to Russia right now because of everything that's going on anyways. But a lot of people also have like eliminated Ukraine for obvious reasons and other countries that have high theft rates as well. So just something, you know, to learn and pay attention to and read up on. All right. So those shipping mistakes, some of them we've made, some of them other resellers have made, but really just shipping is such a big part of reselling that take the time to start educating yourself with certain things. Like I said, go to the post office website, go to the UPS website, FedEx, start reading about that stuff because nothing is better than knowledge. And with shipping, you do need a lot of shipping knowledge just really paying attention to that kind of stuff and staying on top of it. And it should hopefully help you not make as many shipping mistakes as Ashley and I have. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Anything we mentioned in this episode will be linked down below in the show notes or description down below. Be sure to share this episode with anyone you think it will help and follow us on social media at P2D Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Keep working towards that daycheck.